The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount+. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle the topic of white supremacy. Um, yes, we are. For sure. And before we begin, we're going to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that uh, we are not licensed mental health therapists and right. also... Uh, we are white. <laughs> right. And we are... Um, going to continue to have uncomfortable conversations about race on this podcast. Yeah. And for those of you who are like, oh, dang, this is a relationship advice podcast. Why are they talking about racism? Um, we could unpack that on like so many different levels. But first and foremost, Sam and I want to. Um, this is, you know, the this whole global conversation was instigated by a murder that took place in our beloved city of Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And we feel like it is, um, it is not only our duty as white people, but it is a privilege to talk about racism and white supremacy instead of experiencing it through micro and macro aggressions and acts of violence. And 
Um, we all know as part of the mental health advocacy community that racism, oppression, oppression, violence, all of this has an impact on our mental health. And to say that these are not interconnected um, is not allowing us to be the multifaceted people that Sam and I always talk, say that we are, right? For sure. I think, you know, throughout this, the last week or so, um, two weeks, I've really been thinking about, you know, our place as uh, white podcasters, speaking to an honestly predominantly white audience um, and what mm-hmm. that means and what uh, what our whiteness brings into this conversation. Um, and I've been struggling with sort of how do we talk about this in a way that that is adding to the conversation and not centering ourselves or our whiteness. Um, and one of the things that I've been thinking about in that is that is just like coming back to the, what I think are the values of this podcast um, and what we talk about a lot, which is that we want people to be able to make their own choices about themselves and uh, the people in their lives, right? We talk a lot about consent. We talk a lot about boundaries. We talk a lot about autonomy. Um, mm-hmm. And the real and the reality is is that none of those things can exist where there is not liberation, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot be actors in our own and make our own decisions when there are systems of oppression that exist. And so, you may think like, what does this have to do with dating advice? But the reality is is that every part of that is connected with liberation. Mm. We as white folks have the ability to make informed and autonomous decisions about our bodies in a way that people of color aren't able to do because of the system of white supremacy. And so if we want to live in the world that we always talk about, where people are able to make decisions about who has access to them and what their bodies can and can't do, we absolutely cannot do that until there is liberation in this country, not just for white folks, but for every person. Uh, and so when I when I came to that realization in our conversations about this, it was just such an, a, a mind opening moment to say like, we need to be talking about liberation as part of autonomy, consent, boundaries. And we haven't been like you and I have mm. been, have really let that, that issue like not come up in our conversations. And it's on us from this moment forward. And I'm making a commitment to do it, to continue to talk about that in, mm-hmm. in, in, every conversation that we have. Right. And I, you know, I was thinking about this episode and I was really afraid it was going to be like a, this is a special episode of just break up. Right. Like it's going to be that episode of golden girls where they all wind up in the homeless shelter and realize that like homeless people are people too. (laughs) Right. Like that's not what I'm going for. Like I want this episode to be more of a commitment to us having these conversations, not just today, but every week, every time we answer a letter, um, and being really intentional about it too. Uh, so, so that is my commitment from this episode. It's not just a today thing, but an ongoing thing for Sierra and I to continue to understand our whiteness and the ways in which our whiteness color, the ways that we answer questions, color who our audience is, um, and, and realize that we need to be changing the way that we have these conversations. Absolutely. And before we get into the conversation, we want to acknowledge that a lot of sources, whether it be, uh, the media or commentary on Facebook, a lot of people are, um, centering the wrong thing. They're talking about the property damage. They're talking about, uh, they're debating all lives matter versus black lives matter. Um, and before we get into our conversation, we want to center what this is truly about, which is, uh, the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, 
Tony McDade and countless others at the hands of the police um, and the systemic racist history of police brutality and violence. Um, and we want to make sure that their murder and their lives are at the um, are, are the purpose of all of these conversations and not f- forgotten. I think I also want to just say like the, the, not the caveat, but the background of Sam and I talked all week about what we wanted to say and accomplish in this episode. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that we could do both. We could say or not say, right? Like we talked a lot about how we are just going to be another two set, uh, a set of two white voices can like contributing to this conversation when we all should be looking to the voices of black people, indigenous people and people of color right Mm -hmm. now. So, you know, at one point, Sam and I were thinking, okay, we're not going to do another episode. We're just going to point people places. Um, But we've also been, I think something that has really been um, brought to the surface over the past couple of weeks is the idea um, of whiteness of white people talking to other white people about systemic oppression and racism and violence. Um, And I have been particularly moved by the idea um, that I've heard in lots of places, but, but particularly from one um, activist and writer named Sonia Renee Taylor. I have shouted her out in a past blind date way back, maybe in our first 20 episodes. Sonia Renee Taylor is the author Um, and founder of The Body is Not an Apology, which is basically a radical guide to self-love. And we're not talking about like, wow, I just like love my curves, Mm -hmm. radical love. We're talking like um, that um, fat phobia and racism are are inherently connected and ableism is connected to, you know, um, she's an an amazing teacher and has, has really moved me. And recently she brought up a conversation about how um, all of these white folks are now having conversations with their parents or friends or whatever, arguing about either Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter or whatever, what, you know, the history is police brutality. And she posed the question that, yes, we should be having conversations about racism and how, um, other races are oppressed, but more importantly, we should be having a conversation about what whiteness is and how we as white folks are so complicit with the violence um, uh, and the history of violence and the idea that we are even debating it, right? Mm-hmm. That, that what does it mean to be white? Well, to me, I look at that and I think, dang, like what it means to be white is to know that people of color are being murdered by police regularly and to still say, well, what was he doing? Mm-hmm. Or, well, it's just one bad cop. And that sort of like turning of the, the head, you know, like the, the willful acceptance of that, that is a sickness, you yep. know, like we talk about racism as a sickness uh, or I've heard that analogy before. Um, and we, and, and I think in the, past people have thought of it as like hatred is a sickness right Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna like one up that and and um and say that i think apathy and complicity um is that the right word complicit complicity Mm -hmm. uh is 
is the sickness right now because we're so used to learning about racism in terms of black and white photos that feel like hundreds of years ago, right? Mm -hmm. When in reality, Martin Luther King was murdered 50 years ago. um, And that racism doesn't just manifest in like hatred and Nazism, Mm -hmm. but instead it manifests in these small microaggressions, these, um, subvert small acts of white supremacy. And I think what, what I'm going to commit to, to our podcast, I guess, in addition to your commitment to liberation, um, is, is to really think about what does it mean, uh, to be white and, and what is stopping us, uh, or what is keeping us in this place of power, because there's a lot of things going on there. I know that's not the most particular thing. And I really encourage everyone to check out Sonia Renee Taylor, um, uh, Sonia with a Y, Renee, R-E-N-E-E, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. That's her full name on Instagram. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, and Sam and I always talk about discomfort, right? Like how growth happens in discomfort and the true discomfort for me, um, has been, uh, not just the pain, outrage, and exhaustion that I have seen on my friends of color, my black friends, um, my community members, um, but the violent complicity that I've seen in my friends and family and in myself. Like, what am I okay with at the hands Mm -hmm. of other people? You know, the suffering of other people, like what has happened to where we don't, um, yeah. I'm going to trail off there ever, ever (laughs) for sure. No. And I appreciated in that, um, that video that you're talking about was that question of turning the question back on ourselves. Right. Instead of, instead of saying like, Oh my God, I'm debating whether or not folks should be killed by police officers instead looking inside and saying, what is so sick about us that this is even a a debate that we're having, right? Like Mm. what, what have we, what kind of world have we constructed as white folks to say that like we get to have this debate about whether or not black people should be killed by cops? Like, who, like mm-hmm. what, what sort of system have we set up where we are the arbiters of the, the value of other people's lives? Um, mm-hmm. Or even just consider ourselves that, right? Because we're not. At the end of the day, we are, we, uh, white supremacy is a delusion, right? There is nothing mm-hmm. inherently better about white people. And yet we operate under that assumption and have created so many systems and so many and government to enforce that, right? And I appreciated that that rephrasing of it so much. And I think that that is something that we need to be doing as uh, two white hosts of a podcast about mm-hmm. mental health, about relationships, um, about how people move through the world in relationship with other people, um, mm-hmm. to be having those conversations about turning those questions inward on ourselves and asking, um, what lies have we been telling ourselves and what is so, what is the sickness in us that needs to be ripped out at this point in order to fight for that liberation that we are, that I am committing to continue to fight right. for. Right. And I want to say, um, we are going to shout out, um, like a blind date that we would like you all to, uh, check out this week, um, as an act of solidarity, as an act of self unlearning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to say, you know, another thing that Sam and I, that like stumble, we stumbled over when we were trying to figure out what we wanted to say this week, um, was that everybody is coming at this 
week at this global conversation with different tools and experiences. And that's Mm -hmm. true, right? Of everything we have ever talked about on this podcast. Um, And we didn't, you know, it's hard to have a conversation about white dismantling white supremacy when um, maybe somebody doesn't believe it, right? Doesn't, doesn't mm-hmm. understand um, how it manifests or, or, or hasn't, has, has yet to be shown um, a way, a reality in which they believe it or, or whatever it is. Right. Um, so I just, I want to call in our white listeners a little bit and just say, um, if you are feeling uh, shocked or lost or, um, uh, confused or conflicted or, or whatever feeling that you're feeling, um, welcome. That is part of the process. Mm. Um, and also, uh, there are so many resources out there that Sam and I could point to, um, that show that the, all of this is real and that we're no, we are no longer going to commit the violence of white supremacy that is denying that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, and if you have not, and if you, and if we don't believe what is what is out there provable, not just by statistics and history and facts, but by people's lived experiences, yep. um, then then we are being willfully violent and complicit, as I said before. Sure. Um, so we didn't want to like we did, you know, it's like do you get into racism and white supremacy 101 or do you jump to what you authentically feel? And right now what Sam and I authentically feel is um, this is, this is, this is the level at which we want to participate in the conversation. But if you are feeling overwhelmed and confused, there are so many resources out there, especially right now Mm -hmm. that will help assist you in this education and unlearning of white supremacy. Absolutely. Oh, and one of them, the whole reason why I started this, one of them that is so great, I put it on our Instagram. There's lots of conversations about it right now, but just because a lot of people are talking about it doesn't mean it's like too mainstream or cool for you. It's the, it is the, um, sorry. Um, you know, that's a real part of human beings where they're like, they, they hear it talked about too much and then they like, ah, well, I'm not going to watch it. Um, for sure. Yep. It's the documentary 13th um, that it, it was put out by on Netflix, but it is now free on YouTube right now. Um, it's both on Netflix and free on YouTube um, that not only gives us a great uh, overview of the history of racial um, inequality in our country, but it provides a uh, context for what, how our racial inequality is now connected to our justice system, um, our, our prison system and policing and, um, how that has impacted black and um, brown people for the last several hundred years. And I, it provides great context for what's going on right now. And I encourage you to watch it. That is the end of my small pitch. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Um, do you want to shout out a blind date for this week? Yeah, I do. So um, Sierra and I have decided that we're not going to read any letters this week. Um, And instead, we are going to ask you with the uh, 45 minutes to an hour that you would normally spend listening to us answer people's letters to find... Let's be honest. It's been like an hour and a half lately. (laughs) Yeah, like seven hours of letter answering. is that we want you to uh, check out a resource. So it's Brene Brown's podcast, actually, which is called Unlocking Us, right? Yep. Unlocking us. Yep. Right. Um, yep. Which is, uh, Brene Brown, we talk about her all the time, but she has an interview that was released on Wednesday of this, well, last week, um, with Ibram mm-hmm. X. Kendi, who is the author of, um, 
How to Be an Anti-Racist, um, which is a book that I've shouted out quite a bit um, and was a very transformative book for me. So would love for you to take the time to listen to that conversation with um, Ibram and Brene and um, and spend some time, some intentional time for that 45 minutes to an hour, uh, l- really listening, um, interrogating, reflecting inwardly um, and, and understanding that, um, you know, I think for a lot of us, this impulse of like, I don't know what to do. I don't have any tools in my toolbox to be able to to join this fight or to have these conversations. Um, and to say that, you know, uh, black folks, indigenous folks, people of color have been have been telling us <laughs> white folks what to do for a very long time. And I think mm. that um, Ibram Kendi's work is a prime example of uh, of tons of tools at our disposal about how to be an active anti-racist. And mm. what I appreciate about his work is that it is both a uh, personal process in terms of how do we unlearn the things that we have learned? Um, how do we uh, untell ourselves the stories that we've committed to telling ourselves? And also it's about bigger change to bigger work. How do we um, how do we take what we've unlearned and bring it to the seats of power that uh, that solidify and support white supremacy? Right. Um, and so would encourage you to listen to that instead of this um, in in to this week, we will hopefully be getting back to uh, reading more letters in the future. But again, with this commitment that Sierra and I have made to um, to bring liberation, to bring um, anti-racism into our conversations and and the way that we examine uh, folks, what folks are going through in their interpersonal relationships and um I do want to say one of the things that um, Ibram Kendi talks about a lot is that there is nothing as like there is no race neutral. Right. Um, it is either you are you are um, acting and thinking in a racist way or you are being un, you are being intentionally anti-racist. And I think one of the things that um, struck have struck me in the past two weeks is how Sierra and I have been talking about sort of progressive things, but have never really made the declaration or the intention of being anti-racist in this podcast, right? Um, And are now committing to that, right? We are going to be an anti-racist podcast and we are going to not just skirt around the issues of race, but actively talk about them and um, combat them. Absolutely. Um, And I want to add, um, Sam and I are trying to be very concise about what we we talk about today because we know we can't unpack it all and we, and we want to be specific about what we talk about, what we, what we cover. Um, I want to just add one more thing to this conversation is, um, which I think has been really brought to the surface the past couple of weeks in these conversations is that to be, um, racist is like I said earlier, it is not the, the polarizing thing that we have thought of for our entire lives, Mm -hmm. meaning it's not just Nazis versus, um, peaceful, nice people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, nice does not equal anti-racist. And I think the huge thing about white people, a huge thing about me, right. That I really struggle with is I always want to be nice and I always want to be loved so much. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of being told that something I did or believed was racist would crush me and would crush a lot of white people that I know, which, uh, which is a phrase that the author, um, uh, Robin D'Angelo came up with, which is called white fragility. And I want to uh, shout out her book to white fragility. Um, but 
add to the conversation that um, that will help help our listeners, our white listeners, kind of unpack this or move through this is that what Sam says and um, what it says in the book, um, How to Be Anti-Racist, is that we since we have grown up in this system, it doesn't matter how nice you are, we all have racist ideas, thoughts, um, implicit biases, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that the conversation is not, are you a good person? It is, how are you combating these ideas? Mm -hmm. That you can be a good person with a, a... racist bias, right? Mm -hmm. You can be somebody who donates to a thousand charities who has a racist bias. Like that's the complexity of human nature and to truly dismantle white supremacy. What Sam and I, the work we're trying to commit to is to say all of these things are true and we will not be so fragile that we will not look at the, that our own truth, our own beliefs. Um, and that we will instead work to be a wholer, more authentic, good person instead of the good, nice person on the surface, a good person, a nice person does, does the work, right? Um, admits when they're wrong, changes their mind when they're brought new information. Mm. Um, yeah. Is there anything you can add to that to wrap it up nicely? (laughs) No, I, uh, would just say all of that. And, um, it's, these are things that we have been taught, right? But they are also things that we have as white folks have intentionally believed because they serve us, yes. right? And so it's yes. not it's not just that yep. our, our third grade teacher taught us that Christopher Columbus was a good dude, right? It's that uh, we intentionally believe racist things because it, acknowledging the anti-racist things would mean that we have to... It- and would disrupt up. our idea of right. ourselves. It would mean we would have to forfeit power or it would mean we would have to uh, give up something that has been important to us or that idea of like who we are. And so right. um, do you want to just say it, that it, as well? Go ahead. Yeah. It makes us truly question our understanding of our goodness, mm. but I want to disconnect them that like to be nice again is not anti-racist. Anti-racist right. is to be actively dismantling these ideas, these systems of power in our world and in ourselves. Um, and I just want to say again, there are so many resources out there right now that have, that I have either read in the past or have read just this week that have truly added to my tool belt, Mm -hmm. my constantly insufficient tool belt too, because Mm -hmm. as a white person, I will be, I always will be, we will always have to do this. This is, this is a commitment that we're, we are making um, because we no longer want to be so violent and complicit. Um, For sure. Yeah. Sam and I could say, we could say so much right now. Um, but in addition to other resources out there, there's a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you are um, uh, interrogating the sources that you are getting your information from. If you are not just like national news, because firsthand accounts have been much more, um, well-rounded and I don't know, true. (laughs) Um, but, um, also are, are we listening and, um, uplifting the voices of people of color and black people of their lived experience? Absolutely. And I would just say to, to wrap things up is just a a reminder that, um, this work isn't about us white folks feeling better, right? It's not just, it is not self-work in the way that I think sometimes we talk about self-work, right? It's not Mm -hmm. about bubble baths and, um, 
and a glass of wine, right? It is a the end goal here is not that we as white folks feel better. The end goal here is liberation. Um, and so we need to keep that in mind, especially as a self-help podcast. Like we need I to, know. we need to really interrogate that and make sure that we're calling that out as often as possible. Uh, because this self-work that we're asking ourselves as white folks to do is not about us feeling better or being like more right. authentic whole people, right? right? It is about dismantling the systems of white supremacy and, and helping to support the creation, creation of liberation for black, indigenous and people of color. Absolutely. Um, before we do our sign off, um, we want to ask our wonderful Just Break Up Head and Heart Worker community out there to um, put uh, their money where their mouth is, as some people say. <laughs> um, there are so many great places that are being uplifted uh, to be donated to. Um, and there are also so many places that are greatly in need. Um, so don't stop just at this one recommendation, but we didn't want to flood your timeline with places. Um, we just wanted to point you in one place, um, uh, but but don't let your... Um, don't let your giving stop there. Um, but we just break up, want to uplift the work of the Loveland foundation. Um, you can find the Loveland foundation at the Loveland foundation.org. Um, and it was established in 2018 by Rachel Cargill, who is an amazing voice on Instagram right now, an amazing organizer, um, a black woman who gave Sam and I the language, um, that we've been reminding ourselves of. This is not self-help work. This is not about us feeling good. It's about the liberation, um, of black people. And we, uh, the Loveland foundation, um, in short provides therapy, free therapy or scholarship therapy, um, for black women and girls around the country. And uh, it is an effort to bring opportunity and healing to communities of color um, through fellowships, residency programs, listening tours, and more. Um, we donated all of our current ticket sales for our postponed birthday show to their therapy fund. And you can too contribute whatever you can, because if we, if we all, again, change happens with small personal change, right? So if everybody who listens to the podcast donates $5, that is a lot of contribution. So whatever you can give to the lovelandfoundation.org, but don't let your giving stop there. There are so many places in need right now. And there's so many great organizations um, and voices that are being uplifted right now. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for participating. Um, Sam and I love this community um, and we want to be the best versions of ourselves for that. Um, and we, and again, we don't want to just be like good people. We want to be active participants in what we believe um, mm -hmm. in our, uh, in our quest for the liberation for ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. um, and remember that discomfort is a part of every growing process. It is okay to feel uncomfortable. It is okay to question your preconceived thoughts and beliefs. It's okay to readjust your opinion or and approach once you've learned something new, to change your mind, to grow, to stand up, to use your voice. But the end goal isn't that we as a community feel better. It's not it's not that we as a community can pat ourselves on the back. The end goal is the liberation of all people. It is not just equality, but true equity and justice. 
And as Nina Simone defines freedom, no fear. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>